Hi, it's Rebecca Whitman, your host of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm a top-rated life coach, an international best-selling author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to help you go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. The experts on this show will help you achieve work-life balance so that you can experience abundance in seven pillars of life, spirituality, health, emotions, romance, mindset, social, and financial life. When you have all seven pillars of life in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. I am your host, Rebecca Whitman, taking you from burned out, exhausted, overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I want to thank my listeners so much. I just got noticed from LA Weekly Magazine that we won the award Top 20 Podcasts Who Slayed in 2023. And it is because of you guys sharing the message, sharing the podcast, sharing the mission that you can go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant just by tuning in every week to this wonderful show. I am your host, Rebecca Whitman, and I have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Lenita Mitchell Blackwell. Welcome to the show, Lenita. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. I'm so excited. So excited to have you here. Let me tell my listeners a little bit about your background. I couldn't go through all your accolades because that would have been the whole hour (laughs) show. So I had to just pick and choose a few. So uh, Lenita is the intuitive business coach who leads her clients to live a life on fire. She has built an award-winning law firm and publishing house and is a number one best-selling author. She is also an ordained New Thought minister. She created the five-step formula to the ultimate successful life with peace, joy, and fulfillment. This program that she created bridges the gap between success and joy. She has received countless awards, such as the top 5% of America's most honored lawyers, National Trier Lawyers, she was in the top 100, National Black Lawyers, top 100, and the Georgia Secretary of State awarded her the Outstanding Citizen Award. These are all amazing accolades and awards. I'm so excited to have you on the show, and I can't wait to dig in. Let's hear about your origin story. I know we were talking before we hit record. You grew up in Miami, How did you go from uh, growing up in Miami to becoming this esteemed lawyer to this amazing business coach? Well, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction and the opportunity to share that this was not a straight shot line, right? There were humps, bumps, some rolls in the dirt to get here. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Um, But I at the basis of all of this, have the most wonderful support system. My family has invested much in my character and development. And they told me that if I worked hard, that I would be successful. And it really worked for me. Um, I got a scholarship to 
undergrad, went on to law school, worked for large firms, um, top three international accounting firm in the world, went on to find my own law firm. And I just worked steadily, Rebecca, um, until I couldn't anymore. Uh, literally, one day, I, my daughter found me passed out from exhaustion in the middle of the floor. And she was six at the time because wow. I was addicted to hearing, oh, Monita, you're just so amazing. Oh, my gosh. I just love having you on my team. And I would do whatever it took to hear that. And that meant working all night for days at a time with two to three hours of sleep. I would do that and taking on responsibilities that were not mine just so that they could get done like there aren't other people around who are just as capable and some more so. Right. And I, my poor body just couldn't take it anymore because I was doing my law firm, accounting firm. I was a mom. My husband is a pastor. And so we have a church and I have elderly parents. And I was running my media company as well as publishing house, speaking myself. And I, at that point, had three books. So um, I had a choice to make. Was I going to continue with this, which was unsustainable, and I was not going to see my daughter graduate from high school? Or was I going to make another choice? And I chose the second one. And so after a very long illness from stage four endometriosis and fibroids, I hired a, a, a performance coach and we streamlined my life from seven pages, single space of everything that I was involved in to two, wow. yeah, <laughs> to two. And during that process, I had to reevaluate how I got there and what I came to is I equated success with happiness. And number one, that's impossible. That does not equal that. Number two, that happiness, what I was driving for was unsustainable. So that really wasn't what I was going for. And neither are most people. We're really looking for joy. Yes. And, right? Because joy is an inside job and it has nothing to do with things stuff or what the world has told us success means. And in redeveloping my definition of self-worth, success, joy, other people saw me doing this and the improvements in myself, in my presentation, in my physical appearance, because when you're ill, it really takes a toll on you. And they asked me what I was doing. And when I would share, they were like, I need some of that. And so that's how I became the intuitive business coach. And I still have my law firm. And I think that that makes me even more impactful and successful in that regard, because I'm not asking you to throw away everything you've worked for and take a vow of poverty. <laughs> I'm saying, right? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you can have a beautiful, joyful life that is defined by something other than those things and still enjoy those things. Beautiful. I define success as the amount of joy that you feel as well. And so yes. does one of my favorite spiritual teachers, Abraham Hicks. So Yes. It is all about the joy. And they say that joy is the evidence of God. And joy does come from within. There's nothing you can get on the outside 
to get joy that is that is emanating from within. So I totally agree. And this, the theme of the show is going from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. And people don't realize that burnout is real. It's physical. It's a disease. It can even lead to death. And when you were found by your daughter exhausted on the floor, passed out, I mean, and on, on the road to death, that was from burnout. Yes. So how... How did you go from being a people pleaser, saying yes, 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 being addicted to the yay, Lanita, to being able to set boundaries around your time and energy? What shift did you have to make? So the first shift was a mental one, and that required me to reprioritize what was important in my life. And so for most of us, we understand that our children are important. But I don't know, and I'm just speaking from personal experience, if we all live in a manner that shows that, right? Because I love my daughter. And when she was tiny, we had the best time. I miss doing tea times outside, taking her to the park and swinging, right? But those times were few and far between because I was grinding so hard. And when I had to make the decision, like something has to go and it's not going to be my kid. Right. That meant right. that I had to really look at the things that I was involved in and decide what stays. And the way that I did that was to determine what is consistent with the purpose and the calling that I have on my life right now. Because at this point where we are in our lives as professionals, we are pretty good at eliminating things that are not positive, that do not serve us, right? So when we get to this place, all of the things that we're involved in, we want to be, and we truly enjoy. And so that can't just be the measure anymore. It really has to be about purpose. And so once I got there, it was very easy to eliminate a lot of things and to have a loving and genuine conversation with those people who I was serving with, who would have to pick up and run after I was gone. And for most people, I would say like 90%, they understood, they were good, and we ended well. But you always have that 10%, like that one out of 10, that's going to make you fight for it. And that was a lesson too, Rebecca, because I had to learn that once I have given you notice and I have given you the information to move on without me, have offered to train someone so that you're not left in the lurch and you choose to take advantage of none of it, then I have to say farewell and I wish you well. And I am out and be good with it because that's the ending that that person wanted. That's not what I wanted, but I knew it still had to come to an end. Yeah, it's so hard because when you set boundaries, being that I too am a recovering people pleaser, you want people to be like, high five, girl, way to say no, way to set that boundary. That took so much courage. But some people, like you said, are going to really resist it because they take it personally and they're going to really try to manipulate you. Oh, well, can't you keep this commitment? We need you and this and that. And it really tests you as far as your self-worth. And I know one of your uh, blogs, this leads me into the question of one of your blogs that I really enjoyed reading. And it was about 
rewriting the undeserving code. And I want to ask you, what does that mean? What does it mean when you rewrite the undeserving code? And, and what even is the undeserving code? Right. So the undeserving code is an understanding that we take because we've taken someone else's checklist and said, okay, I'm going to live and abide by this. And then when we're not able to accomplish everything according to what someone else has given us in a way that we think it should be done, then we feel that we do not deserve grace. We don't deserve the fruits of labor that was put in anyway. And we start behaving like that with overworking, people pleasing, as you said, and not taking care of ourselves. And so the way to overwrite that code, because Rebecca, we were given this code, this understanding by people who love and care about us. Mm -hmm. I, I have a theory that we were all raised by the same parents, right? Because they all gave us the same work hard in school. You're going to get a good job. You're going to make a lot of money and boy, you're going to be successful and everybody around you is going to look at you and wish they were you. And for them, that was it. That was the peak of the mountain, but that wasn't even the base of the mountain. Once you get to the place where you're like, okay, I've done this. Now what? And you're like, oh, wait, I have to continue doing that. I have to do this again. There is an anxiety that builds in your chest because you realize that this is a hamster wheel that will never stop. And so to rewrite this code, we have to get off the hamster wheel. We have to realize we're going nowhere and we have to take ultimate responsibility for ourselves and creating a life that is joyful to us. For me, it's a life that is full of joy, but also peace and fulfillment. I like my stuff. I have to have a roof over my head and clothes over my back. But those things don't define me. They don't define my self-worth and my well-being. That reminds me of Lily Tomlin's quote that even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. The goal is to get off the hamster wheel. And when you're a high performer... You get addicted to the dopamine hit of winning the award, winning the trophy, hitting that milestone. But like you said, it's an addiction that never ends because there's always something else. And because it's ego driven and ego stands for easing God out. Once you hit that milestone, your ego's like, okay, you get to be happy for five minutes and then it's, okay, now what? Now what do we need to fix us that's going to be from external validation? And it's never ending. And yeah. I actually call that over there-ism. Like, I'll be happy when I get over there instead of enjoying what's right happening right here, right now. I, I totally agree. And, you know, when you were talking about the ego, I tell people all the time, don't demonize it too much because the ego was set here to protect and it gets out of control when, like you said, we don't call in our higher power, our God, our understanding so that we can balance that out. 
when you leave the ego in charge by itself, it is like an unruly child. It is going to draw on your walls. <laughs> it's going to run around without its pamper. You know, it's going to do those things because there are no boundaries. And it is important that we have those to protect ourselves as well as others. Absolutely. So how how does uh, being in joy actually impact performance? Because I've been reading up on your bio and you've actually achieved more when you pull back on your things to do list and pull back in your schedule and became more self-nurturing and you achieved even more. So how does joy impact performance, Lanita? Absolutely. So the first thing is once we realize that joy is an inside job, we are taking ultimate responsibility for ourselves. And once people see that, they are drawn to that because we are presenting ourselves with more positivity and love. Um, I actually had a client right before we got on here who said, gosh, you just like light like pure light. And it really touched me because, you know, here we are talking business and they just break into that. <laughs> um, but when people see that and they want to be around it, they want to do business with you. There are thousands of lawyers in the state of Georgia and people choose to work with me. That is a, such an honor and a blessing, right? When we're talking about how to allow this pursuit of joy to impact our success and our performance, we are allowing it to be seen so that when our clients see it, they refer us. When people want to nominate us for awards, we are grateful, but we're not chasing after it because it doesn't define us. And sometimes when we don't get whatever it is, client, job, other opportunities, we're not taking people through the ringer or ourselves trying to figure out why. It was what it was and we can move on. And people feel that too. You know what I call that, Lanita? I call that being magnetic. When I like that. Enjoy. And like your client said, you're so full of light. You are magnetizing success. You're magnetizing clients. You're magnetizing awards and friendships and and wonderful experiences versus chasing, which leads to pushing your energy out and exhaustion and eventually burnout. You become joyful and you become a magnet and life just gets easier, but yet you can achieve more because you're you're working with uh, the law of attraction and the law of magnetism. So yeah, you, you're a magnet. That's why you keep getting all these awards and clients. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I know uh, there's been a big movement since COVID called the great resignation or the big quit. People are leaving their jobs and droves. They kind of got a taste of what it was like to work from home and now there's a lot of empty cubicles, especially in big cities like LA and New York, a lot of empty office buildings that they're going to, some say they're going to repurpose them for like indoor crops, <laughs> for like farmlands. I mean, they're trying to figure out what to do with all these empty cubicles and offices. So what do you think the number one reason is that people are so dissatisfied with their lives, even when they're outwardly successful, that they're 
that they're just leaving corporate America in droves. Yeah, the number one reason is because they keep looking left and right to the people around them, trying to define who they are, what they are, and how they serve. At the end of the day, only you can determine that. If we are constantly looking to other people as a metric, a rubric of those things, then we are always going to fall short because that's not our list. That's their list. That's their calling. That's their purpose. That's not ours. So we have to commit to taking the time to really dig in to what it is we've been called to do. Now, for most of us, it's multiple things. And I tell people that because I don't want folks to get caught up with this. This is the one big thing. Okay, what happens after you accomplish the one big thing? You're still here. (laughs) It's multiple things and they shift through your life. Um, One of the things I had to get to was to redefine success from being perfect, having this perfect life to having an excellent one. Uh, A perfect life, if you look at the definition, it means standards, meeting or exceeding standards. Well, Rebecca, question. Whose standards? Because I know I didn't set those standards. Somebody else set those standards, right? So if we're going to move from perfection and into the column of excellent, that means that I have to set the standard. And if I'm setting the standard, then I'm going to build in some grace. And I want to have the opportunity that maybe today isn't the best day, but tomorrow will be. And I'm still going to be excellent no matter what. And I would really hope that at 47 right now, that my excellence looks different in 20 years when I'm 67. Hopefully better. But again, I will give myself grace for circumstances, for changes, for various opportunities and or challenges. Excellence is what we are driving for, not perfection. And that's why most people are unhappy because they truly are looking to live this perfect life. But what, and I agree. I think perfectionism is very detrimental to joy. And I'm a recovering perfectionist. What do you think the reason is, though, that people left their offices? Someone, uh, Dr. Mo, who's an amazing uh, podcaster and dentist, just said they're, they're turning them into pickleball courts now. I mean, they leave their office job. How are they going to find satisfaction and joy at home? What are, what are some tips that you have on how people can find their life purpose or multiple purposes, as you say? Because I think many people are now at home and, you know, wherever you go, there you are. They yeah. left their job because they hated it and now they're at home and they're feeling unfulfilled at home. So yeah. what advice can you give people that are working from home that are now looking for a new life purpose? So the first thing is, and y'all don't shoot the messenger. This is just honest. You're not going to find it at home. You're going to find it within. And the reason that I'm saying this like this is because you might be home working this job and then something great comes and it's not working from home. And you're just like, but my purpose is supposed to be here in these four worlds. It is not. (laughs) It is not. It's within. You take that with you. So the first thing that you have to do to get there, though, is and I have a, a a metric, a blueprint. The first thing is we have to focus on people and not process. We are so used to having these checklists, right? To having this, this is how to do something um, that we forget that if 
one of the steps doesn't fit, it's okay for us to skip that or to change it so that it does. <laughs> this is just a suggestion that worked for one person, but it might not work for you. So that's the first thing is whatever it is that you decide to commit to, whether it's exercising, meditation, prayer, stretching, yoga, affirmations. I do all of those things. Normally, first thing when I get out in the morning, it makes it a lot easier for me to set the intention for my day and to remember that my joy comes within and to kind of charge up what uh, Dr. Shiraz would call your PQ battery or your positive intelligent. I love, have you battery. taken his course? I've taken his course. He's amazing. He is so awesome, right? Yeah. So, you know, and I, I didn't even have that terminology. I just knew that that was my practice every morning, right? And so it really makes a difference with your day. Um, the second thing is, you have to get to a place where you forgive yourself. Whatever mm-hmm. happened in the yes. past, you got to leave that there. Um, football players have a great saying, leave it all on the field. Yes, mm-hmm. you got to leave it all on the field. You did your best well, where you were in your life at that time. You can review to see where you can improve, but to continue to bring that into every new circumstance, it's going to make you miserable. That is not helpful at all. So don't do it. Now, how do you not do it? Thank you. Which leads to the next thing. By not stretching yourself thin. We tend to review the things that make us feel bad when we're stressed. Mm -hmm. And we are stressed because we have too much going on. Now, for those of you who are recovering workaholics, people pleasers like Rebecca and I, right? (laughs) You're in good company. Um, This is going to require you to commit to having downtime. I'm talking about time where you're sitting on your couch watching Netflix. Right. So you're not playing on your phone. You're not checking email. I'm talking about going for a walk and you left the phone home. I know I'm freaking some of you out, right? (laughs) But these are times that your mind needs to recover. And when you are in recovery mode, it means you're in forgiveness mode. So all that stuff that used to come back at you because you were just overwhelmed, it has no place. Which leads to the last part of living a model life. This is the hardest, I think, for most of us. It was hard for me. Let me say that. Getting to a place where I did not feel like I was doing this for somebody else. Mm. That I was doing it for me. That self-care starts with self. It's soul care. And understanding that. Oh, that's a tweetable. Self-care is soul care, right? That's beautiful. Self-care is soul care. When we get to the place where we realize that where we are in life is totally and completely determined by the actions that we take. And those actions are determined by the mindset that we have. That means that we can shift things at any given place in time. And that means that we have to put ourselves first. Mm-hmm. I can't pour from an empty cup. If I'm always tired, if I'm always worried, if I'm always filled with anxiety, I'm going to pour that onto other people. And folks don't like working with people like that because it's infectious. That's magnetizing too, right? 
And that's not what we want. It's the opposite of magnetizing. It pushes people away. Well, let me tell you, but think about it. There are some people who come into your life and they like that drama. They like that mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you're looking around like, why do I keep having all these bad things happening? People saying these things and why do I feel this way? It's got to start within. We have to change what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're speaking and what we're doing. And so that's the blueprint. That's the how. That's how it is happening within. That's how you're going to find that within your body, not within any four walls, within any person, within any place. It cannot be purchased. Rebecca, do you know 78% of people think that they can buy happiness? Like for real. Wow. And what and what society has done, these incredible marketing agencies have done is they have told you that what you're looking for is the experience and the experience stays with you forever. And therefore, you can tap into that at any time and be happy. But that's not true, number one. And number two, related, not only is it not true, but what if you don't have the money to drop 20 grand every quarter to recharge your batteries? Well, good news, you don't need to. You go with them. You go I with love them. It. Yeah, you don't have to sign up for like a $20,000 spiritual retreat to go in the Himalayas with the shaman and do all these prayer rituals and yoga and ayahuasca and all the things. You can just drop in. That's right. I love what you said about forgiveness because one of my teachings is that unforgiveness is actually blocking your joy and your abundance. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Some people who are not making the amount of money they want to make. Um, I ask them, who are you not forgiving? And they're like, what does forgiveness have to do with mm-hmm. making money or abundance? Can you speak a little bit about why forgiveness is so important, not just toward ourselves, but toward everyone? Absolutely. Uh, So unforgiveness is a block. It is a blockade. And if you think about it from the perspective of if you have a business, you want to bring clients in. If there's unforgiveness, now there is something that they have to come over or go under. They've got to go through something to get to you. Is that what you want? When we think about wanting to have a family, a relationship, that unforgiveness from the past thing, they also are having to come through that. That is not fun. That is hard. People don't like hard. They don't do hard. They run from hard. So if we want to bring people in, we want them to feel that they are welcome here, then we have to open the gate Matter of fact, we have to bring down the walls that were keeping them out. And that means that we have to forgive and let go whatever it is that we have been hanging on to. Now, to be fair to a lot of people listening to your show, Rebecca, I know that unforgiveness is a protection, uh, a protective measure, right? Yes. Because we don't want to be hurt again. We want to keep the lesson fresh and at the forefront of our minds. But you can take the lesson and the blessing and let the mess go. Ooh, I like that's another tweetable. 
yeah. you can take the lesson and the blessing and let the mess go. Some yes. people have been so hurt and so devastated that they just close their heart. Yes. And they don't feel safe. They don't they don't trust ever again, whether it's romantic or business or friendship. What would you say to those people who have just shut down? They've completely shut down because they're scared. They're scared of getting hurt again. I would say the worst is behind you. Mm. There's nowhere to go but up from here. You had that experience. It was hard. No one is trying to convince you that it was not. It did hurt. But your pain can be used to help other people. When I was laying up in that hospital bed for weeks and then came home for months trying to get back on my feet after my surgeries, I remember thinking to myself, God, why me? And I read this um, book and one of the quotes and it was, why not you? And that was the truth. But then that bounced back to why me? Because I would have the voice and I do and I use it now to share what I went through so that other people, number one, don't have to, or if you're in the midst of it, how I came out. <clears throat> how you're going to come out, though, will, will be how you do. You can listen to me and you can listen to how I do it. And you can listen to Rebecca and how she did it, right? The things that work for you, great. Implement them. Things that don't resonate so much, let them go. It's okay. But you got to get back out there. Life is for the living. <laughs> Life is for the living. That is so beautiful. So I know you have a, a book and it's right behind you, Live Life on Fire. And that is your message, your mantra. Yes. That's going to be the name of the show, this episode, How to Live a Life on Fire. What does that mean to you? How can someone live a life on fire? And if their life is not, how can they ignite it and get it on fire? Yes. So live life on fire. The fire here is not to burn your life down. You have really good things going on, people involved, and we want to keep those, right? This is a re-evaluation. This is a call to action. Um, spiritually, every time you see fire, it is an omen. It is letting you know that something big is about to occur. And so when we're talking about live life on fire, this is my way of saying that when you reevaluate how you move through the world, how you define success, and who you want to spend most of your time with, you want to look at where you find peace, where you find joy, where you find fulfillment. And those things are going to direct you to the next thing in your life. And so when we're talking about working with people, serving with people, we don't always have a choice when it comes to our coworkers and sometimes even our clients, right? But we can choose how we show up in the world and we can choose how we're seeing life and how it's unfolding. We've all heard the saying that every cloud has a silver lining. I have a charge, Rebecca. What if we are the silver lining mm -hmm. and that that cloud is an opportunity, even when it's bad, 
It's an opportunity for us to learn, to grow, and to utilize that information for later to help other people. And by that, and then we are helping ourselves as well. So what you're saying is our message is in our mess. And without the mess, we don't have a message or a strong message. I love it. That's right. That's right. For, the, for your listeners who are in uh, organized religion, um, you can't have a testimony without the test. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So what is your five-step formula for creating a life of peace, joy, and fulfillment? Absolutely. So, um, and I, and I actually cheated a little and shared it a little before, but the first thing is to focus on the people and not the process. So being that we want is ourselves. The second is that we want to ensure that we leave it all on the field. So we're not bringing up that past stuff and beating ourselves over the head. We want to unstress ourselves then. So what that means is most of us have too much going on. We want to get rid of the things that no longer align with the purpose that we know that we are living in right now. Then we want to live a model life, one that is pleasing to us and then that can inspire other people. And then we are able to build out the life that will bring peace, joy and fulfillment to us. And Let's we break are, it down the steps. So mm-hmm. what step are we on? Step one was. Oh, so that was all five. That okay, was so all five. Step one is what? Step one is focusing on people and not processes. So when somebody tells us this is going to solve your problem, if you do A, B, C, X, Y, Z, it's all going to be clear. And we've done that and it didn't all work. That means that we have to modify this so that it fits our life. So we're no longer checking off someone else's list. We're building our own list. So that's number one. Number two. Number two, we must leave it all on the field. We have to forgive and let go. We can reevaluate things. We can take the lesson and the blessing and leave the mess, right? Yes. But we cannot continue to drag those situations, those people into our next or we will continue to have the same issues over and over again. Yes, okay? let it go. All right. Let it go. <laughs> okay, the next step, step three. Step three, we want to unstretch ourselves thin. And okay. by that, that means that anything that's causing us stress or anxiety, if we're working too many hours, and I'm telling you right now, if you're working more than 10 hours a day, you're working too much and you need help. Things have to come off of your list. And we want to build time in our lives for just lying still on the couch, doing nothing, taking walks without our phone and the distractions that it can cause. We have to embrace me time so that we can rest and we can heal. Number four, thank you. Number four, we have to live a model life and we are modeling for ourselves. And it's nice when other people see us, but that is not the reason that we are getting up every day and living this joyful life. This is for us. And when our cup is full and we are feeling good and we can treat people well, then they are prospering and they are blessed by that. 
And then we are then blessed again in return with more clients, more business, with better relationships, with our loved ones, great friendships, which then allows us to go out into the world and to share this with others when they ask. So I have to say that little part because I don't want people going off and telling folks, and you need to do this and you need to, that kind of kills all of this, right? This is yes. When they ask, yes, that is something that I have learned. Do not give unsolicited advice. So step four is be a model citizen. Be yes, we're living a model life. Live a model life. Mm-hmm. Not a supermodel. Not a not a super. Well, I mean, you can be if you want. If that's how you want to get out. I like food, so that's not going to help me. Yeah, not that. Not a fashion model. Uh, <laughs> Leading a model life, that means leading by example and great leaders lead by example. Yes. And what is step five? And step five is when we go out into the world and our light is shining and people ask what we're doing, then we share our process, but not until we're asked. And we will be asked. I'm telling you that from, from the jump, because when I started this, it was not with the intuitive business coach in mind. I remember, I'm a practicing attorney and I'm out here speaking and putting my books out here. But I'm very transparent about what I have been through to get here. And people were just like, I need that in my life. And I'm like, okay, well, let's do it then. I love it. Your smile is just lighting up the screen you have a beautiful smile you'll have to watch the youtube video if you're listening to the audio version to see what i mean so my final question is why is authenticity more important than perfection when you're creating a personal brand and when you're creating a joyous life absolutely so i attended Florida A&M University School of Business and Industry. And we were all taught the SBI way. Suits had to be black, charcoal, very, very dark gray, navy blue, right? And so we all looked like we were coming off an assembly line. And it served us well because we were going into corporate America. But then that also meant that none of our personalities were shining through because we were all being minted on an assembly line. When we cannot be our authentic selves, there's nothing to, to differentiate us from the person next door. And it gives the appearance that we are replaceable, that there is nothing about us that says that I am not fungible. And I I am one of a kind. You, Rebecca, are one of a kind. But how will anyone know that if we are trying to fit ourselves into this box, into this model life, right? And I and I and I I tell you when I think about those days, I am grateful from the perspective of it was a stepping stone in my growth and development. But I also look at that and I am very clear when I'm teaching my daughter, she's she's a junior now in high school, that you need to bring your personality to the table. If they don't like it, then that's not where you need to go anyway. 
We yeah. don't want to wear a mask, right? Go, go where you're appreciated and loved. And not where you're tolerated. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Look at us. We're finishing each other's thoughts down. It's only been an hour. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that. Go where you're... Go, don't go where, you, uh, what was it? I said, go where you lo you're loved and you said not where you're tolerated. Mm -hmm. So I heard that, um, oh my goodness, awesome motivational speaker, Dr. Robert Watkins. Okay. He said, never, ever stay where you are tolerated. Go where you are celebrated and appreciated. I and love that, yeah, that stuck with me. I was like, yes, exactly. I love it. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Definitely to be continued. We're going to stay friends because like I said, we're already finishing each other's sentences. It's only been an hour. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll Rebecca. Stay in touch. And how can my wonderful, awesome listeners find you online, stay in touch with you, learn more about you? So the best way is my website, which is lanitamitchellblackwell.com, Lanita spell L-Y-N-I-T-A, and you can join my email list, follow my blog, we can connect on social, and stay in touch. Wonderful. Well, thank you everyone for listening to another wonderful episode of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Rebecca Whitman, taking you from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I know that everybody listening to this show is very busy or you wouldn't be interested in, in overcoming burnout. But if you could take 30 seconds out of your busy day and leave a five-star review, I would be so appreciative. This is what helps the podcast grow. This is what helps people that you love and care about overcome their own exhaustion and burnout and show them that there is a more joyous, easier more playful, magnetic way to live life. So if you could do that for me, I would be so eternally grateful. Please leave a five-star review and subscribe. And if you want to take a screenshot of you listening to the show and tag me on Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman, I will be very happy to give you a shout out. This has been another wonderful episode of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant podcast. Stay tuned next week when we have another incredible guest. And until we meet again, keep your vibe high and magnetize. Hey guys, if you're struggling with online dating and just sick and tired of swiping right, if you're just not meeting the right people, or maybe you're lonely and dreading going through another holiday season single, then I have great news. I am opening my Manifest Your Soulmate eight-week class for enrollment so you can find your life partner before the holidays. Just go to the Linktree link in the show notes to schedule your Manifest Love call to learn more, and I can't wait to to learn more about how I can help you find your true love for once and for all. If I can do it, I know I can help you.